0: The truth. You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel.
1: Listen, Jesus, God incarnate, made you some promises. His peace, His presence, His power, His protection, His pleasure, His place. Those are promises made to all of us, right? Right? He promised us his love, his forgiveness, his attention, his guidance. And guys, with that promise, there's no hidden costs or conditions.
0: We often make promises to others. We end up committing to people even though we're not really up for the task. Because we're all flawed, we all fail to keep our promises from time to time. But did you know that there's someone who always follows through on his commitments? Pastor Dion tells us today about God's promises to you. Despite the fact that we're unworthy, Jesus has made a certain covenant with us. You can count on him to keep his promises to you because he loves you more than anyone else. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of John chapter 4 with today's edition of The Simple Truth.
1: had been talking about this miracle worker. They said he turned water into wine in Cana a few weeks ago. And here's the thing. He is back in Cana. We just heard that he got back to Cana from Jerusalem. So somebody told the nobleman about Jesus. And at that point the nobleman at the end of his rope had a thought. Here's the thought. Sometimes you don't realize Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. I want to ask us to repeat it again. Sometimes you don't realize Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. That's where the nobleman was at. And so you know what? After hearing this, the nobleman wasted no time. He wasted no time. He booked it, if I can say it that way. He booked it from Capernaum to uh, you know Cana. Which is 18 miles, and man, he went as fast as he could. The nobleman made Dale Earnhardt look like Mister Bean in a Prius. And when the nobleman got to Jesus, he came in and approached him in desperate prayer. So first of all, he came himself. He didn't send a servant. He didn't send a message. He didn't send a, you know some kind of text. However, you know, however he could correspond. He came himself. He came in desperate prayer. Not like the little girl whose father was helping her to memorize the Lord's prayer. And she was doing really, really good until she came to the last line. Forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and deliver us from email, she said. No, the nobleman didn't. Use email, text, messenger, Snapchat, or Twitter. The nobleman showed up himself. He put away his pride and his reputation, and he came and he begged Jesus to heal his son. And in fact, the word son in the passage in Greek is a cariño, a word of endearment he calls his son. He doesn't just say, come and heal my son. He said something like, come and heal my parawan." Come and heal my Hito. Come and heal my little prince. Please, I'm begging you to come and heal. So here's this nobleman who's all that and has been all that his whole whole career. But there's something that he can't do. And he hears about Jesus. He grabs his horse. He rides as fast as he can. He gets up there and he knocks. He's wanting to know, hey, listen, where's this Jesus? I need to find him. I need to know where he's at. And you all know that, you know, in small towns, the Wi-Fi is slow, but the gossip is fast. You know that, right? When that nobleman arrived there in Cana, everyone knew it. Everyone was, you know, and it's a small town, but everyone knew it. And so he came and he asked, where, where, where are they? And so they pointed him in the right direction, and he went over there, and he fell on his face before Jesus. He didn't know it. But, you know, there's a promise for those who humble themselves before God, before Christ. In James chapter 4 and verse 6, here's what it says. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And then in verse 8 of James 4, it says this. Read it out loud with me. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Yeah, what a promise, right? The nobleman didn't know it. He's about to find it out. So guys, listen. That marriage that's dying, that relationship that's sick, that situation that, you know, you're hopeless and helpless to change, there's a miracle worker that can do the impossible available. But you have to draw near. You have to lay your pride down and ask and keep on asking for help. For healing and for hope. You have to do it. Now, with the nobleman busted and broken there at Jesus' feet, at that point, Jesus gave a faith challenge. Let's read the next verse. Verse 48. Here's what it says. Then Jesus said to him, The nobleman came all busted and broken at Jesus' feet, humble, open, Lord, please. I you know, hum, come and heal my son. And Jesus said, Unless you're you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. The nobleman said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, let's read it out loud, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went his way. Catch it? So the nobleman comes over to where Jesus is at in Canaan. He's asking around, telling him, tell me, where where can you tell me, where's this Jesus that turned water into wine? They had all been there, had gone to the wedding. They knew who Jesus was. They pointed him to Nathaniel's house. The nobleman is laying out in front of Jesus, pleading and begging, come and heal my son. And guys, then Jesus says, unless you people see signs and wonders, you won't believe. You know, at first, when you read that, it kind of sounded like Jesus was resisting helping this nobleman, right? Unless you guys see signs and wonders, you don't believe. I mean, those words actually are about as easy to swallow as a chicken bone. What? But listen, Jesus wasn't directing that comment to the nobleman. He was directing it to the crowd from Cana that had gathered to see what magic trick Jesus would do this time. You see, they had all been there to water into wine. They all knew about that. And now they a nobleman's son is sick. And so they're all standing out there. They've all, you know, led the guy, you know, to Jesus. And they're all standing out there. And Jesus comes out and tells them, hey, listen, you know, you know the facts. And still, you don't believe that I am who I say I am. See, not one of them had brought their problems, their panics, or their pains, to Jesus. Who knows how many days he had been there in Cana, and none of them believed that he was truly a miracle worker, that he truly was the Savior, the Messiah. And so now Jesus is looking out at the crowd as this nobleman's in front of him, and he says, you guys, you know, you've seen the miracles. He begins to contrast them with the nobleman. You don't believe unless you'll see more miracles. This man is here based on someone's word. He didn't see anything. All he did was hear something. You guys saw it and don't believe. This guy, didn't. he just heard it, took someone's word and shows up, believing that I'm the Messiah. You guys get that now? Well, while Jesus is telling them, you know, talking to the crowd, unless you guys see more signs and miracles, you don't believe. Well, the nobleman interrupts him. The nobleman pleaded, Jesus, can you give this life lesson another time to them because my son is dying. It sounds hilarious, but that's how impatient the, we'd all react the same way, right? Jesus is you know, using this as a, as a teaching moment for the crowd and the guy's like, you know, Jesus, could you finish, could you wrap this up because my, my son is dying. He's pleading with him. Can you come and help my potter one, Jesus, please? But instead of giving the nobleman his person, Jesus gave him this. Everybody said out loud of what? Jesus, instead of saying, okay, take me to him. He doesn't, all right? Jesus says, go your way. Your son is healed. It's a promise. I'm not going to go with you. It's a promise. In other words, what Jesus was telling him, go your way. Your son lives. He's saying, stand on the promise. We've heard it said this way, walk by faith and not by sight. Say it again. Walk by faith and not by sight. And walking by faith is not believing or jumping into some chasm of the unseen. No, no, no. He's saying walk or jump or trust in the promise that I've made you. All right? Walk in that. Your son, go your way, your son lives. Walk in that promise. You guys got it? So Jesus is telling them, walk by faith and not by, not by the circumstances, not by your feelings, not by your inclinations, not, not by any of that. Walk by faith. Standing on my promise. That's what Jesus tells him. Walk in faith. I'm not giving you my person. I'm giving you my promise. So walk in it. Walk the path, even if you haven't seen the proof. Kind of like the Old Testament story of Naaman. Naaman was a Syrian general. Syria was one of Israel's mortal enemies. Naaman was a general in that Syrian army. This Naaman had contracted leprosy. It was an incurable flesh-eating disease. And the flesh around Naaman's fingers and toes and nose and ears had started rotting already. He was beginning to get deformed as the flesh just falls off. All right, he's beginning to be a hideous sight, and then it's very contagious. So you can imagine the social distancing that's going on at his house, and the disconnect, and the heartbreak that is breaking up his family. I mean, he's a general, but he's still a family man. And so here's the situation. One of his house slaves, who happened to be a Jewish girl, told him that the one true and living God in Israel could heal him of his leprosy. And if he wanted that, he would have to go talk to God's prophet, Elijah, in Israel. So in desperation, Naaman gathered his imperial guard and traveled to Israel, and he paid Elijah a visit. Elijah, when he found out that Naaman was there, Elijah gave him a word, a word from the Lord. The word from the Lord is, go jump in the lake, Naaman. No, 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 literally. God is saying, Naaman, if you want to be healed of your leprosy, you need to go down to the Jordan River and you need to immerse yourself seven times in the water. That's what you got to do. That's God's promise. Go, he'll heal you of your leprosy if you dip seven times. Now you got to walk in the promise. Well, Naaman was irate. I'm not jumping in that ugly river. When pigs fly, I'll go. Naaman, see, expected Elijah to come out and chant some mantras and wave his hands over him, maybe even blow on him. You know, he expected Elijah to do something charismatic or mystical. But to dismiss him and tell him to go jump in the filthy Jordan, Naaman is saying, I'm not going to do something so postposterous or ridiculous or humiliating. I'm not going to... Listen, walking in God's promise sometimes goes against our logic, our feelings, our inclinations, and our pride. I'm going to say it again because it's pretty important. Walking in God's promise sometimes goes against our logic, our feelings, our inclinations, and our pride. You know, when walking in that promise, sometimes our brain screams this word. Everybody say it. Tilt. Right? Trusting God can be challenging. See, at first, Naaman refused. But then, one of the commanders under Naaman encouraged him to maybe consider doing what the prophet said. Why don't you consider walking in that promise that God made? I mean, the commander told Naaman, if Elijah would have told you that God wanted something heroic, like the heads of five kings or the treasure of a walled city... Naaman you wouldn't hesitate. You would have gone out there and did it in order to get the promise. So what would it cost to go ahead and walk in the promise of immersing seven times in the Jordan River? So Naaman said okay. I'm going to walk in God's promise. He marched down to the river. And he immersed himself once, two, three, Nothing. Four, five, six, and nothing. Everything still looked the same. It wasn't getting better. It wasn't healing. Nothing. You might even be, you might consider stopping. Oh, forget this. I feel stupid. I look stupid. But then he went ahead and did it one more time. And when he came back up, his skin was perfectly healed like a baby's bottom. Or as they say sometimes in West Texas, it was as smooth and fine as frog hair. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. It was. The nobleman's son had to walk in the promise. Naaman was given a promise that he had to walk in. Listen, Jesus, God incarnate, made you some promises. His peace, His presence, His power, His protection, His pleasure, His place. Those are promises made to all of us, right? He promised us His love, His forgiveness, His attention, His guidance. And guys, with that promise, there's no hidden costs or conditions. In fact, like 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, all His promises are yes and amen. Does God want to protect you? Does God want to heal you? Does God want to help you? Does God want to save you? Does He want to forgive you? There's no question, no doubt. You guys know that, right? All of them are what? Yes and amen. So if I was to say that, His peace is, His presence is, His power is, His protection is. See, and then here's the next thing. Not only are they yes and amen, but God always keeps His promises. So if logic, feelings, or circumstances tell you otherwise, you go ahead and tell those doubts. I sold my cow, so I don't need your bull. Tell them. That's what the nobleman did. The nobleman, when Jesus said, go your way, your son lives, I'm sure there was that that doubt that, you know what you and I would do? We'd call home right away. Are you feeling better? Yeah. How are things? We have that. They didn't have it then. But we're about to see, no matter that this nobleman, he walked in the promise of God. He did. The nobleman was anxious for nothing because he had a promise. Let's read it. Next verse. Here's what it says, verse 51. And as the nobleman was now going down, as Jesus told him, go your way your son lives, His servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him... Everybody read this out loud with me when? Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household. Now did you notice the word yesterday? Meaning that the nobleman didn't rush back after Jesus told him, your son lives. Go your way. Like I said, most of us would have jumped in the vehicle. We would have done our best. I mean, we would have been anxious and wondering and hoping that, you know, he got better. I mean, we would have sped home. But this guy didn't. Remember that Canaan is only 18 miles from Capernaum. That's from here to Santa Fe. And yet, after getting the promise, go your way, your son lives, this man walked in the promise. But he not only walked in the promise, he rested in the promise. In the fact that he didn't go home. He looked around and said, let's just camp out for the night. What? You and I wouldn't be that, right? Right? Most of us would be anxious to go, go home and find out. Go home and see if, if what Jesus said was true. But he not only, like I said, walked in the promise, he rested in Jesus' promise. He found a place to camp out that night because he didn't encounter them until the next day. It's only 18 miles. He could have gotten there speedy fast, but he doesn't. He rests in the promise of God. Psalm chapter... 4 and verse 8 says we should do the same. Here's what it says, I will both lie down in peace and, everybody, sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. So listen, whatever situation or circumstance that you might be going through, there's a promise that Jesus has made for you. And what you need to do is believe that promise, walk in that promise, no matter what your circumstances are, and you need to rest in that promise. Here's the next verse, Isaiah 26:3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. What are you going to get? Perfect peace and rest and sleep. This man probably hadn't slept for a long time. His son's been dying. Nervous. He has been anxious. He has been fretful. He has been worried. He has been all of those feelings and emotions. He's been anxieties have been pumping through him. He hasn't had a decent night's sleep. But Jesus says, go your way, your son lives. And not only does he walk in the promise, falls asleep. And he rests in that promise. Like the nobleman, something or someone important might be dying in your life. A marriage, a job, a friendship, your health, your finances, maybe your hope. You've been watching it dwindling and just, you know, just fading far and far and farther away. Well, Jesus has made some promises. And if you bring your problems and your panics and your pains to Him, if you draw near to Him, He will draw near to you. If you will lay yourself before Him, you'll get off your high horse and all of that and just humble yourself before the Lord. He will save. He will heal. He will forgive. He will help. Isn't that awesome, guys? And all you have to do is just open yourself up. Let's all pray right now together. For those of you that need to draw closer to the Lord, that need to get your life in sync with Christ, let's pray out loud together. Father, I know I'm a sinner, and I need forgiveness. I've run from You. I've ignored You. I've even fought You. But today, today I surrender. I repent for my sin. And I lay myself down before You. I bring my pains, my problems, my sins. And I ask that you forgive me and cleanse me and change me. I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: You've been listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova. We're so glad that you're here today. Pastor Dion has been getting up close and personal with this series entitled Encounters with Jesus. Can you imagine living during the days that Jesus walked the earth? Picture even being a part of his entourage, traveling around the area witnessing his miraculous acts. Even more important than that would be observing the way that he treated people, interacting with the outcasts and the sick, embracing them, and loving them for who they were. That's what Pastor Dion has been teaching on throughout the Gospel books that detail Jesus' life here on earth. What a gift and honor it must have been to be in the presence of Jesus during those days. Thanks for joining us here today. The Simple Truth is a ministry of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel in Española, New Mexico. We're coming close to the end of our time here today, but if you don't want it to end, well, we've got some great news for you. Are you ready for it? We've got more eye-opening messages stored up for you. Just head over to tmcalvary.com to find them. At tmcalvary.com, you'll find a link to our YouTube archive with hundreds of messages from Pastor Dion. You can also go to the Media tab to find more messages from this series. Once again, that website is tmcalvary.com to access those encouraging and helpful resources. Well, our time together is up, but we'll be back again with more from Pastor Dion as he continues this series, Encounters with Jesus, right here on The Simple Truth. show, in the deeds we sow, let us draw our hands, and together we stand.